What is up, guys? You are listening to the Fantasy Chumps podcast. Today is Tuesday, August 24th. And this is the big 2-0. This is episode 20. It's draft week. It's also draft week for us, for for our first league. For a lot of people. Yeah, yep. Most importantly, us. And uh, (laughs) other people listening, you know who you are. You know who you are. So I'm your co-host, John. Um, I'm joined by my good friends, Leighton and Nate. Leighton, you're traveling home Thursday. Are you scrambling to prepare for the draft? Um, are you scrambling to put furniture together? I mean, what's what's going on? Dude, I was going to say, it's ironic. You you wrote this all up. You put a lot of work into this episode. And um, I literally <laughs> joined for this. And I was so pissed because I, I got a TV console. And I basically put together 60% of it. And I realized I did it wrong. I had to take it apart start over so i was very very frustrated so yeah i was planning to do a couple mock drafts or something but i'll just have to figure it out as it goes i guess but i'm doing good nate i'm gonna follow the script you're big chilling in kc what's up man (laughs) hey not much just getting my final draft prep going uh, i actually had my very first work draft this afternoon um it was a redraft league so got some extra practice in for that but um yeah things are going well i can't blame you on that late and i think putting furniture together is probably one of the most aggravating things you can do uh, i know a lot of people that love going to ikea for fun and getting things and building them and i think those people are psychopaths and i'm sorry if you're one of them wait like when you're saying they go out of their way to Go to Ikea just to buy something so that they have something. To- well, it's not just to buy something so they can build it. It's like oh. there are a lot of places you can get furniture at, but they seek out Ikea. And those are very complicated manuals to follow. It, it's, a, <laughs> it's a sick breed of human being. I, I know it really that. is. I mean, I, I, I'm all for saving a dollar here and there, but holy cow. I like it. takes Ikea. me four hours to do it. But I'm not gonna buy everything from that. I don't think I've got. I've only gotten a couple of things from IKEA for my apartment. But I've never actually been in an IKEA. It's kind of it's kind of cool. I think I'm gonna stay away. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, John, you should go it's at okay. least once. It's a interesting experience. I took my girlfriend, and she was very surprised. But she she enjoyed it a lot more than she thought. So I took it as a win. She probably said, Leighton, this isn't a ring store. What? All right, John. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, so ending that awkward topic. Uh, for this episode, we're going to conclude our countdown to the draft series that we've had going on. And we're going to kick it off with a bang, following the script. Uh, so yes! this is the big kahuna, as you could call it. This is the final rankings show. The and- last one. And, and I have to put this out there. It's a little bit awkward. We probably dropped the ball on this. We had a way too early ranking series and then a final ranking series. So next time around, we'll probably have to, you know, uh, pick it up a little bit on that one. Sorry for the uh, big gap. But sorry for letting you down, guys. Alas, we are here. When you record once show. a week, it's a little tough. But Yeah, I mean, but 20 episodes is a lot. That's true. Anyway, you're right. Yeah. Okay, so first, uh, we've got some news. Um, big big situation here in Jacksonville. Travis Etienne tore his list Frank tendon and has been placed on the IR, so he's ineligible to return for the year. What's actually ironic about this, and I didn't say this to either of you guys, I actually tore my list Frank tendon in my left foot whenever I was in high school. <clears throat> and I'm no doctor, and I'm not saying that it's the same scenario because this guy's in the NFL. And I'm a sixth year in college, so it's not even close to being similar. I'm not an athlete, but it didn't bother me like at all. <clears throat> I noticed it whenever it happened, but I didn't go to the doctor about it for like four years later when I started to notice a lot of pain when I was walking in my left foot. And he was like, yeah, you tore your list Frank tendon. But at this point, like we can't do surgery and there's nothing that it would change, you know, even if we tried to. So 
from my experience, I'm shocked that it's as big of a deal as it is because you can go on with it torn and like not have any significant issues. But obviously, he's getting a lot, of, a lot more use out of it than I am. Yeah. So, what 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 is that? I I like so never it's heard of it. it's like the top of your arch. So like your foot has oh. two arches. It has one across the top and one underneath. Yeah. Right. So like there's the arch that everybody thinks of. It's like, oh, I have a high arch or whatever. Yeah. Well, there's also one across the top and there's a tendon called the list Frank tendon that oh. keeps that like compacted basically. So I tore that. I could see how that would impact a running back. Yeah. I mean, I was playing basketball whenever I did it. But Wow. Anyway. Uh, so we're basically the same person is what I'm trying to say. Uh, <laughs> Robbie Anderson signed a contract extension two years. $20.5 million with the Carolina Panthers. Um, oh, that, was, that was just the guaranteed, John. Oh, that's just the guaranteed? What is it? Yeah. Like, what's the full 29, number? I thought. Yeah, 29? Yeah, 29. Mm-hmm. I, I just sent the guaranteed because I thought it was quite a lot. Yeah, two two years, $29.5 million. 20 and a half, that is fully cool. guaranteed. He's not that good, right? Uh, I mean, he's good. It's a lot of money going towards like a ninth round pick. Yeah, maybe he's more valuable in real life than he is in fantasy. But <laughs> oh, definitely. I don't know. I mean, I feel like you could find a sixth round NFL draft pick with a forty, like Robbie Anderson, and that seems like the only thing he's really got going for him. Um, but for fantasy, Layton, I know that your opinion is this actually hurts his value. Um, you're a big believer in the contract year, correct? Yeah, I was so excited. Well, I'm still high on him, but the main reason – I shouldn't say the main reason. One of the reasons I was high on him is because I really like targeting players who are in their final year of the deal because they have something to play for. I mean, obviously, all these guys are ultra-competitive athletes that want to win, but when you're talking about – the difference between getting, you know, let's say, ten million dollars and forty million dollars, you know, and like guarantees and stuff. I, I think you know most people probably work harder and like try to their best to be like a hundred and like fifty percent focused. And you've That's actually seen, yeah, you, you've seen people not to go down a rabbit hole. You've seen people do this where they get paid and they like kind of regress a little bit. It's because they've like stopped trying like they were to get that money. So it's just a a weird psychological thing I like to think about. If it, if I'm like between two players, it's like, oh, well, this guy's in a contract here. I'll take him. It's worth four. So. So the last piece of news that we have, um, Cam Newton, got some COVID issues, and I think I think Nate's going to take this one. So what's going on with Cam Newton in New England? What's COVID? Yeah. So this was uh, kind of unfortunate for Cam, and also just kind of funny to think about there's a little bit of a conspiracy going on um but so cam newton i think it was over the weekend or something um he got approved by the patriots to like go and visit some like team doctor which was actually outside of new england and so he went and visited the doctor uh got treated for well who knows what it was but there was a rule in the nfl that he could not return to the team facility for a week following this for COVID protocols. So he is now not allowed to come into to training for a week. They have a scrimmage with the New York Giants in a couple days, and Mac Jones is going to be the starter for that scrimmage. And already a very competitive quarterback battle. This is just – it thickens the plot a little bit. Yeah, it. We may not be seeing much of Cam after this if if Max steps in and and performs. It's. It seems like to me it's something that Bill Belichick has wanted all along. He wants his guy in there. Mac Jones is his prototype. It just. It seems too too good to be true. Yeah, he's exactly like Tom Brady. Not very athletic and really good in the short passing game. Kind of Which like stinks because in New England. <laughs> I was actually quite interested to see how how Cam might do this year with the addition of the two tight ends. I I I used to love watching Cam play. Um, yeah, he didn't really get much of it last year. Like, as sad as I am about this, I'm like, bummed I actually, about it. I I do like Cam. I'm a pretty big fan. Of Cam. See, I'm, I'm Patriots uh, were 
Yeah. The Patriots were not good last year. Uh, they did not have a good team. They did not have a full team uh, to really see what Cam could do. But it, it's too a, bad. It's a conspiracy theory, all right? They had, like, seven defensive starters opt out. You know Bill was like, hey, guys, look, Cam's not it. I want you guys to opt out. This thing is crazy. I want you to take care of yourselves. And then we'll low-key tank. And then when we come back, we'll have a good quarterback. And then Cam just suddenly gets COVID right before the season. Oh, no. How could this happen? It's not even that he has COVID. It's just he can't go in. Yeah. But, okay, yeah. He, was, he's, he was breaking like, protocol it, or whatever. The, yeah, the, the thing about it is, like, how did the Patriots not know that he wasn't going to be able to come back? Like, how did they approve it? And it was yeah, something. Like, just saying. You should have a guy in an organization that understands those rules. <laughs> We're going to move on, but I'm going to add a, a – little bit of a teaser here at the end of this segment. Uh, according to this source, based off of strength of schedule, the New England Patriots have the easiest schedule for the quarterback position, the wide receiver position, and the tight end position. Conspiracy you confirmed. You just you take that however you want, but when the Patriots go like what can twelve and five next year? Just remember, they're going to get they're going to get second in the division. Make the wild card. See what happens. Scary times. Okay, so we're going to move on now and kind of piggyback off of what we talked about a little bit with Travis Etienne. The obvious James Robinson now comes into the fantasy picture. Very very clear. Um, but I think the big question is is where where is he going? Um, what do we take from his stats last year? So he's moved up is, a little bit. He has moved up just a few picks, not many, just a, just a, maybe several three. Um, so last year he was an RB two or better in seventy eight point six of the games that he played in, which was fifth best in the league last year. Is that Fourteen good? games. That is pretty good. He was behind Nick Chubb pretty good running back. Aaron Jones, also good. Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara. Last time I checked, that's a pretty good list. And here's the other stat for you. James Robinson had 300 touches last year. And to put that in perspective, Alvin Kamara had 296. So you can take that either way. And I think Nate takes it in the opposite direction that I do. But for me, before you go crazy about James Robinson, remember that he had a ton of work and they also have Carlos Hyde there, and I believe that he will be the third down back. I don't know that it's going to be like a firm in-place set sort of thing where Carlos Hyde is always getting the third down carries, but I think that he's going to eat into the workload for James Robinson, and I do expect a regression. So I see Robinson more as like a 220 touches kind of guy, and you can compare that to like an Antonio Gibson role that we saw last year, who was a very solid running back, but he wasn't like a world beater like Robinson was as RB7 on the year last year. So, Leighton, like, what's your take on Robinson? Where do you want to take him? Where does he fall, kind of, and we'll get to it later, but what are you thinking about Robinson right now? I would be surprised if he was in the fourth round. Available? Yeah. If he's available in fourth, I think people are going to get like really excited about him and take him mid to late third round. Yeah, and you know, kind of after the Gibson, Nixon, Najee, Clyde's of the world, but he's definitely going ahead of the like Chris Carson, DeAndre Swift, probably ahead of Montgomery too, just because he was so good last year. But one thing I don't think a lot of people realize is the fact that. Because they drafted Trevor Lawrence, I think they're going to be – not that they weren't balanced. I don't have the stats, but I feel like they they relied a lot on James Robinson. So I feel like they could uh, come back to earth a little bit, and they don't have to rely on him so much because they have a gifted quarterback with Trevor Lawrence. And I think they're going to give him the reins of the go. That doesn't mean he won't get more targets because that could happen. But we just don't know what's going to happen. But I, I am excited. Not as excited yeah. as somebody I know, <laughs> Scott Wickmer, but um, don't, 
yeah, don't go nuclear on James Robinson. Is my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I, th- yeah. there's value. Like, just that's my take is that he's a, the next Antonio Gibson from last year, which but, is not bad. Right, and that's the thing is like there's a there's a lot to be said for what Antonio Gibson did last year. In my opinion, and he's going to be so. Right now, I have Gibson. He. The Jaguars backfield was ETN and Robinson were just two that I was going to stay completely away from. Didn't want anything to do with them. Didn't know where the ball was going to go there. Um, But now Robinson's vaulted up into my tier three of running backs. Um, So he's around with like Clyde and probably Gibson there. Honestly, he's going just after Clyde in my rankings. Um, But yeah, John. And Layton gave it a good breakdown, but th- I had one little thing to say. So, I, I, as, as I mentioned, I did a draft with some coworkers this afternoon, and we had somebody in our draft who took Robinson in the fifth round, and everybody was grilling this guy. We were like, major reach, major reach. Like, what are you doing? 45 minutes later, news drops that ETN's out for the season, and it became the pick of the draft. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, because he probably took him thinking, like, oh, he'll be hurt for a while. And then it comes out, he's hurt for a long while. He got put on yeah. IR, so he's definitely out for the first eight weeks. Yeah, but I, I don't know. There's a lot of upside with Robinson. I do. I mean, it's inevitable that I think they're going to regress. I think Leighton was right that they had to rely on him so much last year with how bad their team was and their quarterback situation. It was throwing the ball downfield was not really going to happen. And Robinson was a major benefactor of that. Um, but yeah, I think it, it, it at least makes it a little more exciting. I mean, it's a viable option now instead of taking, taking a shot on, on ETN or Robinson, right. not knowing it, what's going to happen for sure. It, it opens the door for value to be found with another backfield. And that's something like Nate, you said that you were just going to stay away from ETN and Robinson. I was kind of in the same boat. I was still tilting before this all happened because I thought that you with him early on in the season. I thought each team would kind of start to dig into his role a little bit for best. Uh, and like, I've tried to do research on this and I can't seem to. But I've been focusing on strength of schedule a lot lately. And so the 15 through 17 actually have the second as far as running backs go so opposing defense opposing run defenses the Jacksonville Jaguars are ranked second so you know for the year let me look um full season the Jaguars sit at 11th so still not bad like still top half of the league for the whole season and for those playoffs they're the second um easiest schedule when it comes to run defenses so Robinson definitely presents starting value. Um, I think we are pretty consistent on this. We feel okay with him as our RB2. I'm more comfortable with him in a flex role. Um, But come playoff time, he could bring you a lot of value um, just because of the schedule that they have coming up for him. So, Also, John. Yes. uh, I'm going to take this part over because I totally forgot we – did have a question submitted on our Instagram that I forgot to include. So, at Josh Brown 18 asked, because I know you had a question, and we can go to your question. I'm definitely down for that after. We can do two. Why not? It's draft week, baby. Um, so, Josh was recently graced with the number one pick for my main league. CMC is obviously the first pick, but when it comes back Patrick Mahomes is still there, theoretically, along with Gibson and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Do I take Patty in one of those running backs, or do I double up on those running backs and take three running backs to start the draft? I would probably say no to Patty. I think Patty's going a little too early for my liking. He will be the number one quarterback next year. I'm very confident in that, but I don't think – it's a very expensive pick in the second or third round if you're the, the, the one slot. I don't I don't want Patty unless I'm stacking him with with 
Tyreek or Travis. You're leaving a lot up to chance in the sense that you have no idea what the wide receiver group is going to look like on the next swing. So you could get lucky and you could get like a T Higgins or a Brandon Ayuk, two guys who I think are very valuable who are going below where they should be. Um, but they also both present a fair amount of risk and you're going to have that kind of gap in consistency whenever you, that you have the first pick. But that's where McCaffrey makes up for it. I mean, Mahomes, in a sense, and I, I'll play devil's advocate, Mahomes, in a sense, is a very consistent fantasy football performer. I mean, Mahomes can present a higher ceiling than any other player on any given week, but the quarterback position is so deep that it's just not worth it. it if Antonio Gibson and Clyde Edwards-Alera are there, that is probably the best running back group that will be in your league. And yes. running backs always there at the end of the year, there's always a shorter list of running backs available than when the year started because of injury, because of changing situations, because of performance. It always ends up where people are in need and the demand for running backs is higher than quarterbacks. So if you look at it from a trade perspective, it makes more sense to take the running backs. If you look at it from a depth perspective, it takes more sense to take the running backs. If you look at it from a risk perspective, you don't know who's going to be there at, you know, running back or wide receiver uh, come the turn. So it is difficult to load up on one position, but if you're going to do it, running back is the position to do it at. Yeah, I, I agree. Just one quick note I want to add. Uh, of the 10 top finishing running backs last year, I think like seven or eight of them only, only played 14 games. I think two played all 16. So, you know, not like basically the best type of production is when you can Play. And so basically, even by that stat, most players miss at least a game or two. So just have somebody to plug and play there is a great luxury. <laughs> and yeah. then what you can do if you have all three of those guys, you can basically not worry about the position for like the next five or six rounds if you wanted to, depending on the board, of course. And that's where you can really tap into the receiver depth, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, John, back to your question for the 15th. John, sorry. Real quick, with what you were saying there, um, were you a proponent of grabbing one running back, one wide receiver there? So, I mean, if those two guys are there, no. I would go running back, running back. Because that's, in my opinion, those two should not be available at the turn. Yeah. I, I think if you have that opportunity, you have to take it. You just have to. I mean, if... I don't know. I'd be tempted if DK was there or something, but I don't think he will be. I haven't, I haven't mocked from the one position in a month and a half, so I, I'm not super familiar with who's there at the turn. But I just keep that is head. so good. Right, and that's the other thing is is there are so many wide receivers later on in the draft that I'm much more comfortable taking the risk on and having those two guys in my starting lineup. So yeah, I. I'm going to go take, I, take one, one more follow-up. So let's say that Clyde's gone. Let's just Antonio Gibson's there. But Darren Waller and George Kittle are also there. No. You're passing on them. Uh, so so you, have, you have Antonio Gibson, like J.K. Dobbins, and Miles Sanders are like the next three. Oh, and you have George Kittle. And <laughs> you're taking wide receiver? I'm taking a wide receiver over those running backs. And over those tight ends? Yeah, I'd rather take maybe ends than the quarterback. Yes, I agree with that for sure. So I think personally, I think Kittle probably has the highest ceiling out of all those guys that you just listed off. And I know that Waller is probably going to be more consistent, and he's the safer pick. But if you're shooting for the stars there, and you grab, I think more likely it would be Clyde than Gibson. If you grab Clyde and Kittle, I'm okay with that. Um, if you grab Clyde and Terry, if you grab and Waller even. I mean, there's you can't really go wrong because tight end is a super super short list as well. But I would probably stick to running back and wide receiver as long as you're not reaching too far. Like, that's the thing is you can't reach. You have to take what's in front of you, especially when you have the one slot. Like, you just have such a long wait and you're destroying the value of your picks if you reach mm -hmm. too far. But uh, trade back, 
if you have trading, definitely look at that option if there aren't two guys that you like. All right, so we took longer on that question. I will, John, because this is a really good question. We'll, we'll just kind of give a one answer, maybe followed by a sentence. And Nate, we'll start with you. If you look at everyone outside, McCaffrey, Cook, and Alvin Kamara, who is the most sure thing as far as workload and scoring is concerned outside of quarterbacks among the rest of the players in the draft? Uh, this one's pretty easy for me. I think it's Calvin Ridley. Ooh. I think he's going to be a target monster, and I think he's going to get a fantastic share of touchdowns, or at least opportunities this season. I really like Calvin Ridley um, compared to many of, the, of those other wide receivers in the first and second tier. I mean, outside of the first tier, those are kind of cop-out answers, but I, you could say Ridley's, I would say, outside of the, the core – people that we think of for being fantasy producers, I'd say Ridley would be my pick. Leighton, I want to hear your answer because I want to look at something real quick. Oh, darn it. I was hoping for your answer first. Okay. Um, this is definitely kind of a cop-out, and it's a reason he's getting drafted so high. I, I would say Travis Kelsey. I mean, outside of injury, I just don't see how there's any way where he doesn't, you know, like, like what's his worst finish going to be this year? Like tight end two? And again, you can, you know, we can debate the draft capital all day, but the most sure thing and safest pick as far as workload and scoring is easily Travis Kelsey, I think. Very fair. And I, I see where you're coming from. Um, honestly, not the two obvious answers that I thought I was, that one of you for sure was going to use. I thought that was going to be Devontae Adams, which that's actually not my answer. Um, I thought about it. So mine is DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm not like a huge fan of the Cardinals offense right now. I was talking to Leighton about it a little bit before the episode and I'm not going to get into it, but over the past four seasons, DeAndre Hopkins has finished as wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver five, and wide receiver five. That is about as consistent as it gets and Pretty good. the position it actually is the most consistent over the past five years in which the year before that he finished at wide receiver 30 and he played 16 games. I don't remember that season, by the way. I don't know what happened. No, but, um, anyway, that's the 2016 season. So since then, he's been really, really good. And Devontae Adams, in comparison, has finished at wide receiver 8, 14, 3, 24, and 1. So he has been more inconsistent, but there's been injury to go along with that. So January Hopkins, that's my answer. And it's kind of interesting based on where he's going in the draft. It's it's not as high you know, as those statistics might suggest that he should be drafted so that's just something to keep in mind for sure well speaking of surefire things i know one thing that's been a surefire since we started this podcast and that is taking a break to thank our quick sponsors and we'll be right back for them welcome back everyone to the second half of episode 20 in our final countdown to the draft to the last draft installment of the fantasy chumps podcast uh we're back to run through our final rankings for the preseason of fantasy football and discuss a few of what may be our outlier picks for our rankings show and this is how our quarterback rankings stack up so starting at the bottom of our top 10 we have ryan Tannehill, tom brady justin herbert Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson. And these are consensus among the three of us. Um, so let's see. Layton, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about Russell Wilson? What do you think of him at the seventh spot for quarterbacks? You know, this is a great question because not that I've been a Russ hater in the past per se, I just thought he's always gone super early for me but this year at least on his opinion he's going as the quarterback or quarterback the 81st overall player seventh on quarterbacks only and last year he was the quarterback six and i think what a lot of people don't i think they just have a bad taste in their mouth just because he was still like good the second half of the season but the first half of the season he was like mvp level and 
The fact that he dropped off so much is the reason he finished so low at six and is why so many people are kind of, I guess, quote unquote, hating him. But I mean, seven's still plenty high. But, you know, when you got, you know, some question mark guys after him, I feel like he's one of the last almost for sure guys that could be like the number one quarterback because I don't think anybody after him could. I mean, it's a slim chance that they finish as the number one quarterback. But if you told me at the end of the season that, hey, Russell Wilson was the best quarterback in fantasy football this year, that would not shock me at all. So that's just why I'm so high on him, um, just because of where he's going and just because of his ceiling. And he has that always consistent floor that he has. So, John. Um, Russ was a good one. I was just going to say there's – we all like listening to the fantasy footballers. They're another really good fantasy football resource and everything, but they had something, I can't even remember who they were talking about, but it was somebody else that started off super strong during the season, but tailed off towards the end. And they were talking like, how does that, it was Tyler Lockett, wasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) It was, how does that tail off at the end of the season impact their, their ADP for the following season? And I think in this case, Russ is a really good value at seven for a quarterback. When yeah, like I mean, if, if you flip those around, if he was slow to start 2020 and ended like that, I mean, I think you would see him at three or four instead with the ceiling of being, like Layton said, like a top – being the number one quarterback. That is that is his peak potential. So I have two quick questions regarding uh, Russell Wilson. I almost said Russell Westbrook. Um, <laughs> you can talk about him. We could talk about him. Uh, so for Russell Wilson, first question quickly, how many games has he missed for his career? Oh, he's hardly missed any. Oh, I bet. I bet zero. It is zero. How many seasons? Let's go! He's no games, wow. Let's go. He's played in nine seasons. His rookie year was 2012. And second question is, what is his lowest finish for quarterback rankings on the fantasy season? Probably like 12 or something, right? His rookie season? I was going to say 9. 11. 11 oh. is rookie year. Layton is right on the money. For, uh, I, wow. I think it's best thing. I should just take Russell Wilson the first round. <laughs> Last, okay, I'm, I'm going to ask one more question. Has he ever finished as the number one overall quarterback? No. He actually no. has. In 2017, he finished as quarterback one. Really? Yep. And then his second highest finish is quarterback three in 2015 and 14. Was 2017 the, the year that the Packers got that onside kick on them in the playoffs? It was like a huge upset. Absolutely. I have no idea. Probably. Those are the, those are the lost years of football for me, honestly. <laughs> When yeah, the Chiefs I, just kept getting bounced first round. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, so for the Nate, do you want to talk about Dak Prescott now? Right. So, on our consensus. But, yeah, let's go ahead. Your table over there, Layden. <laughs> what did you say? I'm sorry. So are you building your table over there? No, I had to move because my laptop was dying. So our top five filling out the rest of our quarterback rankings are Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. Um, so, and Nate's going to give us a little insight on Dak Prescott at number four. I'm sorry, we're not professional. I wouldn't really call it much insight. I'm, but as we were talking about how Patrick Mahomes is an expensive pick in this third round, let's say, I mean, when I'm thinking of that, it's because I think you can get somebody that he won't be Patrick Mahomes. And I don't really think Dak Prescott has the potential to be a QB one this year, but you can get him almost three rounds later than Patrick Mahomes. And there's honestly not a ton of drop off in fantasy production. There. Yeah, we're, also, we're just talking about fantasy football. Yes. Just talking about fantasy football strictly. There's a big difference, <laughs> but I do believe that Dak Prescott is in a good position this year to have a breakout season. I think four, I honestly, I expect him to finish about four, which is where he's going, which I'm, as we talk about, it's not great value. We kind of want somebody that we might be getting for a bargain, but I think his bargain in his 80 is in his, is in his ADP, excuse me, 
Um, I think, I mean, I really like him for this year. I have him throwing for almost 40 touchdowns probably. Um, I think that's going to be super, super doable. Uh, defense is not looking great. I think they'll be in a lot of shootouts. I think it's a super good pick. It's hard to go against any of these top five guys, but. Um, so I'm going to paraphrase, I think, what Nate is trying to get across. And I know Matthew Berry likes to talk about this a lot, and he likes to use this phrase. Your drafting deck at his ceiling is what is how Nate feels yeah. about deck at, at number four. You're drafting him at his ceiling, and you don't really expect much room for growth beyond that. And I, I see where you're coming from. I also would like to use the same argument that Leighton just used with Russ, is that Dak Prescott was hurt last year, and he was on an absolute tear at the beginning of the season last year. Fantasy. And I do see a world where Dak Prescott finishes as the quarterback one on the year, and I think his chances are higher than Russ, in in my opinion. Um, yeah, and that's saying something coming from me. I'm not a big Dak Prescott guy, if you guys don't know that by now. Go back and check out that rant. <laughs> Leighton, any finishing comments on Dak? Um, just, just one quick one. This... So, like you were saying about him being number one overall, this Cowboys team reminds me a lot of the Chiefs team in regards to when Mahomes really went off because their defense was terrible, but they had weapons everywhere. Like, that's when they had Sammy Watkins' first year. They had Kelsey Hill still, and it was... Kareem Hunt. Yep, and that's right, Kareem Hunt. I knew I was forgetting somebody, but... So that, that's just kind of how I'm feeling because, you know, they have three weapons on the outside and Zeke and the defense isn't great. So I, it just seems parallel to me. I think that's a fair analysis. Um, so moving on to running back position, um, we actually went down to 15 because this, this position is a little more important um, at the back end of the more relevant players we have. Uh, so at 15, we have James Robinson, which we've discussed quite a bit already. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire at 14, Antonio Gibson at 13, Joe Mixon at 12, and Najee Harris at 11. So, Leighton, uh, how are you feeling about Joe Mixon at 12 in these rankings? So I think that's fair for him. Because um, the thing with Joe Mixon is the Bengals obviously were not very good last year. Their quarterback got hurt, he got hurt, a couple of their O-linemen got hurt, so it was just kind of a train wreck season. Um, and then if you, if you look at just his, what he did last year, I mean, he obviously had the one big game of 36, but, you know, everything else was just, or sorry, with 42, but everything else was, you know, kind of meh. And then after that, he had 15 and 15 before he was out for the season. So I think they're starting to kind of utilize him more. And the reason I'm high on him this year is because he, I think he's going to get a lot more passing game. Gio Bernard is gone. They didn't bring anybody else in. They improved the O-line, and Joe Burrow's back. So, and with all the, and with Jamar Chase and all those receivers on the outside, I don't think they'll be able just to focus on Nixon quite as heavily as maybe they did in the past. Because I think, just from a football perspective, when they started the year, I think everybody was like, okay, Joe Burrow's a rookie, let's just stop the run game and then we'll win. And it worked. So, I think, they're kind of giving him a little bit more room, and I think he's going to get a lot of touches. So touches equals opportunity, and that's all I have. Nate, <laughs> Nixon. Um, I think Layton kind of hit it on the head. Um, I think Mixon's been a hard one to value for me just because we haven't seen really, I mean, a, a full running back season for Joe Mixon. I mean – 12 plus games in a while. Um, I think that is contributing to what I believe is a value pick right now at RB 12 in our rankings. Um, what do we, what do we have his ADP at? I don't know if you mentioned that lady. Uh, I did not. He is going right now. A overall, ADP 22. Uh, 22, 13 overall on ESPN. He's definitely kind of what you, just to touch on what you were saying. I feel like he's one of the riskier picks, but him and mm -hmm. he is a, very high ceiling. Extremely. And we have him going, John will just touch on this in a second. Um, we have him going right after Chubb and Najee. Um, Chubb not being much of a receiving back. I think 
Chubb's ceiling is um, is not as not nearly as high as Mixon. So lots of risk there, but um, I really like him at RB twelve. I think that's a fair grade for him. Fair. Okay. It's about Joe Mixon and his performance in his history in the league in the NFL for four years in fantasy football. It's not good, I know. I think it's like RB9. I was going to say RB8. He puts at RB9 in 2018. <laughs> Let's go. I am such a nerd. This is, yeah. yeah. Uh, next question. Of these other of these other who actually finished higher than him in twenty eighteen? Is it Kenyon Drake, Leonard Ford? Oh, James White. Leonard Fournette. It is James White. <laughs> James James White finished at R V eight in twenty eighteen. <laughs> Joe Mixon's other three finishes for his career, R B forty nine last season. RB13 in 2019 and RB35 in 2017. So that being said, I kind of like him at RB13 or RB12, excuse me, where we have him. Um, I think that ranking is pretty fair and I don't expect much more out of Mixon, but I will say that this is probably the best scenario that he's been in for the offense in Cincinnati. So. Sorry, go ahead. It just sucks he's on the Bengals. Go ahead. Correct. To move on to our 10th through 6th running back at number 10, we have Nick Chubb. Number 9, we have Jonathan Taylor. Number 8, we have Austin Eckler. 6, or pardon, 7, I can't count. Saquon Barkley, and at 6, we have Aaron Jones. Um, Nate, with Saquon going at 7, that's obviously a huge discount from where those rankings probably started out two or three weeks ago when people started to do a lot of mock drafts. Do you have any um, analysis of his injury? Do you have any update on that? And uh, if he is to miss time, how much of a discount do you think Saquon deserves? Because that is a pretty significant one, but that's still going in the first round, most likely compared to, um, depending on what kind of league that you're drafting in. So what do you think of Saquon at number seven? Yeah, so in our individual rankings, I just noticed that you guys were a little less optimistic on Barkley uh, going much later in the, like the eight to 10 range. Um, I had him all the way at number four and I had read something today that uh, the giants room was m- pretty optimistic that he could make it back for week re- for week one, which I mean, that I don't even, I'm not even chalking that up to him playing week one. I'm just saying that that's much better than what we got two weeks ago when it was, we don't know when Saquon's coming back. We're, we're on his timeline. We don't know. You guys will know when we do. Um, that was pretty worrisome. So Saquon has been one that's been rather interesting for me. And it was, I wanted to pick him and highlight him because being the number five spot in like four different leagues, uh, Saquon <laughs> is somebody that's I'm having to make a decision on every time. Um, and it's him versus typically – a Henry or a Chubb or somebody, Jonathan Taylor, a um, couple of those people not being big receiving backs. Um, Saquon is somebody with unlimited upside, in my opinion. If he's healthy for a season, he could be running back two, maybe even running back one. I, McCaffrey's tough, tough to top, but um, it, it's really hard for me right now. If he is injured for a week or more, um, I think I would move him in my rankings down from running back four to what we have here is about running back seven, where I think he's still, he's too good to pass up in, in the first wave of running backs. Um, it, it's hard for, it's hard for me to, to, to make a decision right now. And it's got me up at night. I'd, I'd like to know what you guys have to think and why you guys are so, so down on him. Well, it's just it, I'm down on him a little bit, and again, we're just, in the first round, especially with running backs, you kind of have to split hairs, right? Um, so, like, we have the top five rated as is, and like, I just think I view like everybody in front of him as safer, and as a first round pick, I like to have the safety basically above all else. 
Yeah, um, I agree with that statement. And um, I, I have him ranked at 10 in my personal rankings. Um, and that, saying it out loud, I think that is a little bit low for Saquon. Obviously, he has talent, you know, that matches probably the top three guys in the league. Um, we'll get to those names in just a minute. It's pretty predictable. Um, but the injury concern is just a hard thing to draft. And, you know, if you're willing to – if to me, if you were at the turn of the first round in a 10-team league, you can take that risk on Saquon because you're kind of just throwing darts at that point. You know, there's not a whole lot of guys with that sort of ceiling that Saquon presents when he's healthy that comes from both a rushing standpoint and a receiving standpoint. And the Giants are not a very talented unit on offense. Um, they tried to get better this offseason, and I think they've made a really poor effort at it. Um, Daniel Jones is not the most talented quarterback on the face of the planet, especially downfield. So I like the dump off scenario that Saquon is in. That all depends on his health, though. And that goes for any player in fantasy football. Um, but that's a, that's kind of where I fall with him. So seven's a fair assessment, in my opinion. Ten is probably a little bit low. Um, it just depends on where you're drafting. And if you value, you know, the two other guys that are kind of going in the first round outside the running back position in Travis Kelsey and Devontae Adams. But we'll get to those guys later to round out the top five for our running backs. Um, we're not going to discuss anybody on this one because these five are kind of a kind of a pillar. Um, They're all not good. really. Yeah, you're not going to see much variance uh, in these rankings. So finish out the top five at five. We have Ezekiel Elliott. Four, we have Derrick Henry. Three, we have um, um, Alvin Kamara. Two, we have Dalvin Cook. And at number one, we have Christian McCaffrey. I don't know what I wanted to call Lincoln Alvin. Man. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. That was that was strange. Um, <clears throat> Ronnie, so, you have any questions about Barkley? What's that? You don't have any questions about Barkley? I, 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 I get. Well, I've just been doing so good. I like. Come on. <laughs> I can. I can get a question. Actually. So what's interesting about this, and I wasn't going to say it, um, but since you decided to gloat, I'll go ahead and burst your bubble a little bit. I did not realize, but this is on half PPR scoring. So that's you are was, still very. That's what I was assuming though, the whole time. Really? No, okay. not at all. Yeah, I could be yes on that. Um, so let's see. In 2019, pick the, let's see. Pick the two players who finished above Saquon Barkley in the running back rankings. Austin Eckler, Chris Carson, and Nick Chubb. 2019, excuse me, if I said 2018. I'm sorry. Wait, who finished above him? Who finished above Saquon Barkley in 2019? Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, or Chris Carson? Two of the three people correct. So two, two of those are right, correct? Correct. I would say Carson and Eckler. Yeah, it's uh, it's Carson and Nick Chubb. It is Carson and Nick Chubb. Just kidding. It's Austin Eckler and Nick Chubb. What? Austin Eckler finished at RB6, and Nick Chubb finished at RB7. Chris Carson finished at RB11, while Saquon was at RB10. Melvin Gordon got hurt then, right? Because that's why I didn't pick Austin Eckler. Um, Melvin Gordon did not have a good year. He got hurt. That's right. Okay. He finished at RB23. That's what I was banking on. All right. Okay. Are you satisfied? Can we move on to wide receiver? No, sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm giving you a hard time. Uh, So for wide receivers, starting at number 10, we have Terry McLaurin. Number nine, A.J. Brown. Number eight, CeeDee Lamb, which might be a surprise to some people. Seven, Justin Jefferson. And six, we have D.K. Metcalf. Um, Leighton at number nine, AJ Brown, somebody who's fallen in the rankings, um, after the news of Julio Jones being traded and the given that Derrick Henry is going to run that offense. What do you think of AJ Brown at number nine? Do you feel comfortable drafting him at that position? No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, in ESPN, in ESPN, he's going at seven right now. And I know we're a little bit lower, but he's just the one guy that I just honestly don't even want on my team. 
just because of where he's going. Like I know last year he finished as a wide receiver 12, right? He's very good. Everybody on his team was happy when he played. But the thing is, he actually gets hurt quite a bit. He had a knee injury last year. He's having knee problems this year. They brought in Julio Jones. And like you said, Derrick Henry, it's basically built around Derrick Henry, which is why the Julio Jones thing confused me. But the reason I've been avoiding him is I think he has the highest bust potential of anybody in the top 10. Um, Not saying it's super high, but I I just don't trust his health and I don't trust that he'll get as many targets as he did last year with a guy like Julio Jones coming in. Just want to note that uh, they have a new offensive coordinator in Tennessee. Thank you. That was the other thing I I forgot to bring up. He was the old – used to coach for the Falcons. He was like the interim head coach. Wasn't he in Tennessee last year? Because I'm pretty sure one of the things that people are saying is he's – Go ahead. Well, he was at Tennessee before, um, but then he went to Atlanta. Okay. Because yeah, I, I was reading or I was listening to something where people were saying it was basically almost an in-house hire since he was previously there. So I don't think their offensive structure is going to change a lot, which is not good for AJ Brown. I feel like, but if he hits, man, he'd be happy. But John, do you want to kind of round out? The, I can ask. Go ahead. Go ahead. About the only question I can ask for A.J. Brown is where did he finish in his rookie season, which was 2019? Is this full point or half point? <laughs> this is half points. Um, wide receiver thir- 13. Like wide oh, re- half point. Yeah, half point, wide receiver like six or seven. It was wide receiver 15. Oh, wow. I was way optimistic. <laughs> he, he had a good rookie year. It wasn't quite that good. Um, well, I, I also took into account the half PPR a little bit too much. Yeah. It's it's tough when you don't play half point, which I agree with. Uh, it's it's hard going back and forth, at least for me it is internally. So yeah. rounding out uh, the top five for our wide receivers, we have DeAndre Hopkins at number five, Stephon Diggs four, Calvin Ridley, three, Tyree Kill, two, and no surprise, Devontae Adams at number one. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Calvin Ridley because I am a a big supporter of Calvin this year. I think that behind Devontae Adams, I think he has the highest percentage to finish as wide receiver one for the year just because of the target share that he's going to get, which is going to be absurd in Atlanta. We saw it last year with Julio Jones only playing what I believe was nine games on the season last year. Um, He was not very healthy, which is uncharacteristic for Julio, but unfortunately that's what we got. Calvin dominated in his absence. He finished at wide receiver four and half point last year. I think it might've been wide receiver three in PPR. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I can actually find that really quick. Um, Calvin Ridley finished as wide receiver five. Oh, yeah. No, he, he was awesome. He was on my team last year. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Um, yeah. Full PPR scoring. He finished as wide receiver five. Um, so the one thing that you can argue is Kyle Pitts coming into the picture from what I've read on Twitter from beat reporters out of Atlanta. I haven't seen hardly anything about Pitts, and I've only seen how amazing the Calvin Ridley looks. That being said, I'm not super high on Matt Ryan. I think he's aging, and that offense is not getting any better with him uh, under center, but I think Calvin Ridley is going to remain constant, and he's going to be as much of a cornerstone as you can find um, for your fantasy team. He's up there, in my opinion, with the DeAndre Hopkins type of consistency that you're going to find this season. So, I mean, PPR, he may not be like the monster that, you know, you hope for, but top five is still extremely, extremely good. So I wouldn't have any reservations about drafting Calvin Ridley. Nate talked a little bit about it with the target share that he's going to have and the role he's going to play in the offense. It's almost unmatched um, for what you can find outside of those top three guys. Um, Any of you guys have anything to add on Calvin Ridley? Yeah, this is kind of talking a little bit about Pitts, but 
like you said, we've just been hearing so many good things about Calvin Ridley, and it's basically been crickets about Kyle Pitts, which I guess we'll maybe talk about him a little bit later. But it just shows, like, even if Kyle Pitts was doing good, like for what those expectations, they haven't been talking about him. They've only talked about Calvin Ridley. And with Julio Jones gone, like, he's the guy. And, like, they drafted him in the first round. He's immensely talented. So I, I think he could easily finish as the number one wide receiver. And outside of injury, I, I honestly don't think there's very much bust potential. Yeah, I think Layton's exactly right. And, like, statistically, rookie tight ends uh, are rarely, like, top five tight ends on a season. It's just it takes a long time for them to transition from college tight end position where Pitts was. Like, we saw him as kind of like a hybrid wide receiver almost. There's just a lot more in the NFL with, like, blocking assignments and stuff like that that I'm sure he's having to learn. Um, so I am not worried about Calvin Ridley's target share uh, being diminished at all by Kyle Pitts' presence. And they don't really have a running game either. I mean, Mike Davis is – uh, a solid guy, and I like him for fantasy a lot this year. But I mean, this, these are all arguments for why Calvin Ridley should be the number three wide receiver. Okay, so I don't have a question regarding Calvin Ridley, but I do have a question for wide receivers of half PPR scoring who are currently active. Name the only player who has finished at the number one position for a wide receiver group who is still active more than once. Like the only wide receiver who is currently active in the NFL who has finished as the number one overall wide receiver on the fantasy season more than once. Antonio Brown. Oh, that's a really good guess. That is a really good guess. That's the right answer, isn't it? That is the correct answer. That yeah. was a sniper name. That was awesome. I would not have gotten that had, one. Had to get one. I would have probably guessed Julio. See, Julio doesn't finish at one, though. He, like, He's always... finished at two, three, five twice, six, eight, 11, 21, 53, and 65. I was thinking, because I was looking at this list, and I'm like, it's not anybody on here. And then I was thinking, and then that's when Nate uh, slammed on to right has been one. Devontae Adams has been one. DeAndre Hopkins has been one. Michael yeah. Thomas has been number one. Antonio Brown twice. Huh. And... What a fall from grace. Does it yeah. say what seasons he was one? He was number one in 2015 and 2014. So, and then he followed. So he's been, he was a top five wide receiver for six years in a row. And then passed all the way down to 149 and followed that up with 66. I actually, if you're looking for value, I think Antonio Brown is an incredible pick. Because if anything happens to Chris Godwin or Mike Evans, his stock is going way up in my book. I mean, we're getting Antonio Brown, not to get off too off topic, but it's like, yeah. I mean, he's not going to the conversation of wide receivers, and we were, we were talking about depth earlier with the question that we had from Josh. I mean, it's, it is incredible how much value you can find so late in the draft. He's going as wide receiver 48. I mean, at that point. Uh, <laughs> Even if he stays healthy as the third receiving op- or fourth receiving option on that team, he's going to outperform that. He might. If everybody else is healthy, maybe not. But still, it's like maybe not. What what do, what do we have to lose at that point? You gonna yeah, really? Cole okay. To round out our rankings, we only did six tight ends because honestly, there's nothing more to say beyond tight end number six. Basically, so, after tight end six, sorry, John, just real quick, you're basically taking a guy you like for a particular reason. Like, there's probably like ten of them we could talk about, so we're just not going to. Yeah. Whatever it happens to be, I hope it works out for you. If I'm playing you, I hope it doesn't work out for you. Um, <laughs> number six, we have Kyle Pitts. Number five, TJ Hawkinson. Four, Mark Andrews. Three, George Kittle. Two, Darren Waller. And number one, no shocker, Travis Kelsey. Okay. AKA Zeus, a.k.a. the GOAT. Um, I'm going to talk about George Kittle a little bit because I'm definitely the highest on Kittle. Um, I think that he is being a incredibly undervalued as far as um, his ceiling compared to Darren Waller. I don't think Darren Waller has the ability to finish as the tight end one 
barring injury. Um, I think that Kittle probably is the most talented tight end in the league outside of Kelsey. Not, I'm not saying that he's more talented than Kelsey. Um, I think his physical ability and his build, I think, makes him the second most tight end, the second most talented tight end in the league. And I think his ceiling is higher, and we've seen that kind of dominance out of him um, in seasons past. So in half PPR, the closest he's been to finishing number one on the year was he was 25 points away from it in 2019, which that's one good game. And he played two less games than the number one tight end, Travis Kelsey. George Kittle played in 14 games. Kelsey played in 16. Kelsey scored 205. Kittle scored 180. Um, Take that as you will. Um, With injury, I think he's coming at a discount. And past, I know I kind of just gave an argument as to why he shouldn't be taken, but that's also in a very specific situation at the turn. Um, So I like George Kittle coming into this year. I probably like him more than Waller, but there is a certain amount of risk. There's the question of who's going to play quarterback for the 49ers, whether it's going to be Garoppolo or whether it's going to be Trey Lance. And there are some rising stars at the running back position as well as, or pardon, at the wide receiver position as well as the running back position, depending on how you view Trey Sermon. So uh, that offense, there's a, there's going to be, have to be a lot of ball to go around, which is not the situation in Oakland or Las Vegas anymore. Wow, John. <laughs> Whoops. Um, so no, I'm, I'm going to George Kittle and two or three, you know, you just get at that point. So I like Kittle yeah. more at two if, if you like him at three. Nate, you have your hand raised. Go ahead. I do. All right. Now I have a question for you guys. This oh, was kind of talking about what I was saying about Pitts uh, with rookie tight ends. This is a very open question, um, but if you guys can get this, uh, you have my respect for eternity. Two tight ends since 2010 have finished in the top five for fantasy. Can you name those tight ends? Wait, what do you mean? Since 2010, there have been two tight ends that have finished in the top five rankings for fantasy football. Oh, like total? Total. Oh, gosh. Wait, I'm sorry. So, so like, totally of all the players. Of oh. all the players, right? Since 2010, only two rookie tight ends, I think I left that part out, two yeah, rookie tight ends totally <laughs> have finished in the top five for fantasy football. No, there's no one's ever finished in the top five. <laughs> I was like, uh, I have no idea. They, they just, they just, they leave one through five open for Kelsey. That's true. Um, okay. So rookies only. Oh, gosh. John, you take the first crack at it. <laughs> I would guess, like, I don't see, I don't know the beginning of his career. I would guess probably. I know Gronk was stupid to get his rookie season. And Gronk has won. He finished it tight end five in that, 2010. That was definitely going to be one of my guesses. And my other two are between two guys. Uh, I'll probably three, guess the other one. Yeah, and you don't this have to one, say which one is right. This I'm one was a shock to me when I heard it. Jimmy Graham, Greg Olson, and Jordan Reed. It's one of those three. Unfortunately, it's not. Oh, gosh. What? Now, Good guesses, though. Now I'm going to have to go deep into it. This is definitely not right. But just to speed this along. Ooh, I wonder. <laughs> it's Evan Ingram. It is, isn't it? Seven Ingram. Yes! Yes! In 2017, he finished at tight end five. Yes! Let's go. Oh, I was between him and Jimmy Graham. <laughs> yes. Nate, come on. That's incredible. Layton, this has been well, – Layton, my yes. respect, you have it. I have never felt so accomplished. John John does too. John has my respect as well. There you go. 
<laughs> there was something about the Evan Ingram pick. That's just a name I haven't thought about in a very long time, and I've forgotten how relevant he used to be in fantasy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember it three going seasons down. Ago. I mean, I remember yeah. I like, dang, this kid's good. And I still – I am still kind of on the Evan Ingram train. I'm not even going to lie. Like, oh, man. I, I, I'll just, never forget because they drafted him, and I had a friend in college who was a big Giants fan, and he was like, oh, you know, he looks talented. We'll see. And he's like, okay, that he was a lot better than I thought he'd be at the end of the season. And I feel like it just kind of declined from there. But, whew. Blast from the past before it. The person before Gronk to do that was in 2002. And it was Jeremy Shockey. Jeremy Shockey. I would Man. never get that. He was, he was tied into three on the season with only two touchdowns. <laughs> How the tight end position has changed. Wow. Dang. Crazy. All that right. Was a well, good I think, I, yeah, that was a really good question. But uh, I think that about does it for the final rankings episode, the last installment of our uh, draft series. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I know that I have. This this episode especially was really fun. I love the questions. Can we just do questions? We can do, we'll do some more questions. <laughs> that, that, was, awesome. that was interesting to throw in there. And maybe we'll do some week-to-week questions too because after this, I mean, we'll, we'll have some actual news and stats to go off of for the season. So, so um, before we get out of here though, I got to ask. Just a quick answer on a scale of one to ten. How are you guys feeling for our draft on Saturday? Initial reaction, I'd say I'm like an eight point eight. Okay, Nate. Uh, nervous scale. No, about just, a like, nine. just like confidence. Excited scale about a nine. No, just, just, Pre- preparation yeah. scale about a about a four. Okay, preparation. I was going to give myself a five. <laughs> preparation. I don't. I would say like a seven. It's been, a, it's been a tough, it's been a tough week, boys. I'm I, I, feel, for it, I feel fairly prepared for it. Well, I think we're planning on having a special. Well, actually, I don't know special, but we're gonna I'm have like really a planning on it. I plan on doing a special podcast to recap our draft. Okay, that's just. Should me. we should we interview everybody after their draft? I that would actually be interesting. I have thought about that. We'll talk about that after, but you'll have to just catch us and see next week. Be sure to follow us at Fantasy Underscore. Chubbs and John, take us away. Guys, please submit some questions. Uh, we love hearing from you. Uh, it's good to hear different perspectives. Um, I, I know I definitely enjoy it. So if you have questions, I mean, going from this point on, waiver questions are going to be super interesting. Um, it'll be hard to get to those. Maybe we'll have to do an episode on Monday, but you, I, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But just submit your questions. Um, we'll try to do the best we can to get them back to you. So. It's been fun, guys. Uh, Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thanks, guys.